Welcome to QAV449. Uh, this is an episode that Tony and I actually recorded towards the end of last week because we knew he was uh, going to be away for most of this week playing a bit of golf. And uh, I didn't want to try and jam something in at the end of the week. So for that reason, there's a couple of events that have happened this week that he won't be talking about. For example, Copper uh, became a sell, and so we sold... Uh, well, those of us that owned it have probably sold SFR and C6C and AIS. And uh, we sold MML out of the Nevexa portfolio, the QAV portfolio in Nevexa this week as well. So there's, there's a couple of questions that we answer uh, at the end that we got last week. But mostly this is just a recap show. Tony and I talking about some of the highlights and lowlights of 2021 and QAV and investing. So uh, that's what it is. And uh, we'll be back next week with a regular show. So send us your questions if you're a QAV club member. Uh, let's get on with it. Oh, welcome back. Here we are yet again. <laughs> You're the QAV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people don't know that. We'll put it out next week. QAV 449. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to call this one something clever, no doubt, um, as I always do. But it's it's sort of a, I don't know, lessons of 2021 show. Do something a little bit different to wrap up the year, even though it's early December. We've got a few more shows left in us before the end of the year. But hmm. you, know, you did one of these for Phil recently, and it seemed to go well. So we thought we'd do one for us, too. Yeah, 2021 to dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) Just like 2020, but more COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The economy, I saw uh, our federal treasurer's uh, report cards not looking great. Out of all of the OECD countries I heard on the ABC this morning, our economy has done the worst this year. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, um... I haven't heard that, and it's, it's probably true because we'd be locked down like none of the other countries have. But I, you know, I'd be surprised if what's what's not happening in the economy is is uh, accumulating in people's savings accounts. So I think it'll be good in the end. I thought people were spending money like nobody's business uh, over the last year with all of the job keeper and whatever stuff they were getting. Property prices, and it all going into property. Property prices are booming, yeah. etc. Yep. Share yep. market went up. Had had a crazy run there for a while. Yeah, yeah. No, that's all true. But uh, people haven't been able to spend on travel, in particular. Um, what else haven't they been spending on? Car prices have gone up, I guess. But yeah, I, I did see something in the last twenty four hours saying that um, savings are at an all time high. Right. Mm. Mm. Well, that's anyway. Good. Anyway, I, look, you know, I I think it's. Doesn't amount to a hill of beans. All these kinds of assessments on the economy at the moment. It's 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 all propped up, up with paper money and it's uh, or with funny money, um, mm. and, it, and it's you know an artificial time. So it's not a good time to judge. Fills up columns and um, media yeah. minutes, though, Tony. You got to talk about this stuff. Well, they have to talk about this stuff. <laughs> the noise. But we ignore the noise and. Mm. Uh, How's that doing? How's that been for you this year? Do you want to, what do you what do you, what do you want to talk about this year? What do you talk about the current market? Yeah, so oh, well, um, I know this isn't going out until next week, but uh, just a couple of things that people might want to watch. The ore price was getting close to a sell. Um, I think it's only about two bucks above the sell, and that's the the Brent crude price. I I checked it before we came on. I know this is going out a week later, so it may have already crossed. So, but people might want to check. Um, and we can always put something out in the Facebook group if it crosses. 
that's in response to Omicron. And if the borders do shut, which they have in some cases around the world, and there's less travel, there'll be less demand for oil because of um, aircraft being grounded. Uh, so just be aware of that. I've got Santos in my portfolio, so it'll be a sell um, if the oil price crosses. Uh, and then the other one on the flip side, there's a company called New Farm. NUF is the code, which is getting close to a buy. I got an alert a couple of days ago to say it had crossed the buy line, um, but it's retreated again in the latest downturn. So if people need a large ADT stock um, or are looking for one, they might want to check that one out. And they're in the oil game? No, New Farm are, are in the crop protection game. So um, oh, pesticides. Okay. Uh, agribusiness. Um, they also, I think, now have a division which sells seeds. So they're, I guess, they're becoming more and more a supplier to the whole of farm need. Mm. So they sell canola seeds and things like that, as well as um, as well as the uh, weed killers. And actually, that's a question for the listeners. I was trying to find the underlying chemical to see if there was a commodity chart for it, but I haven't been able to yet. I think the underlying chemical might be something like glycophosphate, some kind of phosphate. I think is the basis of the of the um, the weed killers, uh, but like I, I couldn't I couldn't tell from looking at the New Farm website what their inputs were, and um, I couldn't also get a, a five year monthly chart or anything like that. But someone might be able to find it, or they might know. Especially our rural people, they might know exactly what's in the can of a, a bottle of New Farm chemicals. And so you would use try and track that like we track other commodities. Correct. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, hmm. and it'll be killer. interesting. It could it could be. You know, there's there's kind of a two-edged sword here. Like if if um, if it is say something like glycophosphate and it's going up, which it probably is, uh, then if New Farm are able to pass on the price increases to customers, then their sales by definition are going to go up. So that might be a a, head, a, a tailwind for them. Um, however, if they're uh, in a very competitive environment and they can't pass on those price rises, it'll be a difficult time for them. So it would be interesting to know what the inputs are and what the trend line is for that commodity. But if their costs are going up and their prices go up, it doesn't really matter from a cash perspective, does it? Yeah, well, it will because um, it's the old margin conundrum. Like if, if I'm selling something for a dollar and it costs me 50 cents, I'm making a 50% margin. If the input cost goes up by 10% and I pass that on as a 10% price range, I'm getting a dollar 10, but it's costing me 55 cents. I'm actually making a bigger margin. So sometimes that comes into play. Instead of making 50 cents, you're making 55 cents. Correct, yeah. Right, okay. There you go. Mm. Have a look at people. So that's the two current things. But as for 2021, actually, probably the last thing I want to talk about in the current situation, my portfolio has been very choppy, probably going down over the last week or two with all the ups and downs and rule one sells and three-point sells and all the rest of it that's been going on. And I seem to buy something and it goes down the next day, which is not (laughs) real great, but anyway, that's happening. And it makes me reflect on the fact that, well, two things. I think, first of all, I don't think we lose money in these situations. We lose time. And what I mean by that is that you know, mentally I have this clock in my mind and maybe it's a planning idea, but, you know, I'm expecting to double every sort of four to five years, probably four years or so, based on our compound growth rate. And when we have these periods of downturns in the market, it just kind of elongates that a little bit. So instead of maybe having another, I don't know how many, 20 doublings left in my life, I might only have 19 now. So I kind of kind of look at these as losing time rather than losing money. The portfolio is not going to go back to zero. The share market's not going to shut tomorrow. So we'll always be able to regather it if we follow the process. But we just lose that time of compounding that 
it makes the time to double a bit, a bit longer. I thought with the rule of 72 at 19.5%, it was more like three and a quarter years. Yeah, yeah, it is. So three and a half to four years is probably about right. That makes sense. But just because you've had a like a, a an average year or a bad year doesn't necessarily mean you can't have a boomer year like next year and yeah. recover all of that, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And it, it's also, I think, interesting that we're having this kind of choppy period now after a boom year last year. That sometimes happens as well. The market's raced ahead, maybe raced ahead of itself, given the circumstances economically. Yeah. around the world. So it could be just retreating a little bit to catch it, catch its breath and pause and then we'll go off again. Mm. Who knows? I think, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, the thing we have to remember is whilst downturns, uh, uh, recessions, downturns, depressions are common, they're part of the, part of just what happens in markets mm. and they're not um, unexpected. They, mm. they seem to be unexpected when they hit, but, you know, we have one, what, every 10 years or so. Well, not at all. Um, let, me, let me just... Let me just fill well, you in. Before, I, I went through, yeah, go on, before you do, I was going to say that this is a global a global pandemic that we haven't had to deal with for a hundred years. Globally, there weren't many countries that did a good job of it. Nearly every country butchered the whole thing, mm. um, and it's going on a lot longer than any of us could have imagined. The implications of it are far deeper than any of us could have imagined. This is a it's a crazy time and a crazy mm. time to be an investor as a result. I, I, I think we everyone needs to keep that in mind that we're trading through one of the craziest things that's happened to civilization since I don't know, the last world war, maybe. Yeah, true, but it seems like every couple of years we trade through crazy times. Like it's that's been my experience. So I just I made a list of all the things that have happened in a macro sense um, that, that people have called a crisis. Well, I've been investing and, and, you know, to go through it, there was um, the recession we had to have, the Paul Keating recession we had to have when interest rates were really high and um, share market didn't do well during that. So that would have been in the early 90s. There was a Gulf War one around that time as well when when um, George Herbert Bush went to went to war. There was the Asian financial crisis. There was the long term capital management crisis. There was the dot com collapse. There was the World Trade Center collapse. There was Gulf War Two after that, when when the the Bush family tagged each other and took up the took up the baton for for uh, America. There was the GFC after that. There was the COVID cough. There's Omicron, and I probably missed three or four. But that's what's that? Ten. There's ten been ten crises in the last thirty years, so that's one every three years, right? And that sounds about right to me. So you know, it's. Like, um, Get used to it. This happens. And, and you know, um, yes, they are crisis uh, to a certain extent. I mean, the Asian financial crisis had bugger all effect on me personally, but it did have an effect on the share market, made everyone jittery. And that's the thing. The share market likes certainty. People want to know if I'm going to put, you know, my money into the share market, there's going to be more when I, when I go to take it out. They don't like mm. the fact that, oh, what's happening in Asia and what does that mean for bonds and what does that mean for banks and what does that mean for governments and the currency and all this kind of stuff? It gets too hard to to put all the moving pieces into a spreadsheet or a model and they take their money out. So uh, all these things are called crises and collapses and all the rest of it, but sometimes it's just, it's just the noise in the market and you just have to keep plowing ahead and ignore it. And it's business as usual. I mean, you said on our mm. last show, the, the obstacle is the way. I mean, mm. this is the market. Markets aren't 
always going up in a straight line. They're correct. They're turbulent. No, they Correct. go up, they go down, they go back up again. There's mm-hmm. no avoiding it. That is that is the market. That's what we're investing in. And we sit here ready if the market goes down further to, to sell out and cash out and wait. And we sit here ready if the market goes up tomorrow to, to invest and reap the rewards. We don't take a position on what the market's going to do. We just have a process that accepts whatever comes next. Yeah, and, and I think partly... Because this is, we, we take a long-term view of investing, as opposed to, say, many of the professional investment firms mm. out there that are incentivized on more short-term rewards, mm-hmm. they need to report numbers, people mm-hmm. get paid bonuses on numbers, you know, they're looking for short-term mm. numbers. We're not really. I mean... We're in it for the long term, so we just keep doing what we're doing and know that over five years or ten years, it's going to work. Yeah, that's right. We, yeah, no, exactly. We want to, and you know, hopefully, we'll have had um, our portfolios will be worth you know eight times more than what they are now in ten years' time. That's the sort of thing we're, we're striving for. Yeah, and, and it could all that eight times could all happen in. Two six month periods, really. Yeah. And from what you told me, I remember some time ago, I can't remember when it was, but in the last year, you took us through your annual figures over mm-hmm. 25 or 30 years, whatever it was. Mm. And from memory, there was a lot of average years, yeah. a few bad years, mm-hmm. and a half a dozen fantastic years. Yeah. I mean, that's right, and the GFC is a good point of that. Like, I I lost um, well, over the sort of went for about eighteen months, but over the two those two years, I I lost twenty percent on twenty percent, which is basically half the portfolio went missing in the GFC. Um, but then the next year, I tripled the money. So, it, like, it's just that's just how it works. Twenty percent down, twenty percent down, then three hundred percent up. <laughs> that's the stock market, right? Mm. Yeah. So I guess the point for those of us that are new investors is to always remember that it's the long-term plan that we're working yeah. towards here. So Correct. just by the very nature of the market, there are going to be bad years. Most years will be average years, mm-hmm. but we want to make sure that when the really good years come, we're in, we're in it, yeah. we're there, and we write it up. Yeah, and there's been plenty of studies done by people saying, oh, if you weren't in the market for these eight days over the last 10 years, you would have made you know a lot more money than what if you'd been in the, in the average, if you'd been fully invested. Yeah, great, but yeah, who picks those eight days? You yeah. Know, it's, it's, um, it, it's nice to know that because that's how the market works, but you know, you've got to it, – it's like playing poker, right? You can't say, um, oh, deal me out for the next three hands. I think everyone's looking a bit dusty around the table. It's not looking good. And then the three hands time. Oh, deal me back in. I feel really hot now. It's like it just doesn't yeah. work that way. You got to take. You got to keep keep at the table. Sit at the table and take every every card that's dealt to you, and 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 have a process to deal with that. The uh, you, you may not be aware of this, but uh, the World Chess Championship is going on at the moment. How come you're not there in Dubai? Um, <laughs> you know, I just uh, busy. Um, so it's being played between Magnus Carlsen, who's been the world champ since I think 2013. And uh, a Russian, um, Jan Nepomenitsyninichikitinsvinchenpin, um, aka just just <laughs> Nepo is what he's known right. as. Uh, they played their fifth game last night, and it's been five draws so far. 
they're just it's a draw, draw, draw. They're just playing draws, and 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 it's been called the most accurate world championship ever played, according to the computers that are analysing the game. Like, just no one's making mistakes. Every move that they make is the perfect move to be made, according to the computer. And it results in really, really boring chess right? because it's the safest chess right. you've ever seen. There's nothing flamboyant. There's nothing flashy. It's not like the good old days in the 80s with Gary Kasparov where he was just sacrificing pieces and blowing up people's ends just because he knew he'd pull something out of his ass in the last second to come in there, <laughs> which was really Napoleonic chess. This is really, really, really boring. Right sturdy, steady chess. But, you know, they, you know, they're playing because they both know that world championships these days are won in that one game where right. your opponent gets tired right, or he misses something and you get that point, you know. It might just be one out of ten games that you actually win and, and that's it. You get a million bucks, right? Hey, folks, Cameron in the editing room. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, we recorded this, uh, I don't know, uh, late last week. Of course, since we recorded this, I, I said that I just played game five. Game six, Magnus crushed Nepo. It was amazing. It's been called one of the greatest chess games ever played in history. Uh, those of us that are chess nerds have been very giddy about it ever since. Game seven was a very quick draw. Game eight, Nepo blundered again, and Magnus got another win. So I know you probably don't care. You care as much about this as I care about Tony droning on about horses and golf. But, um, yeah, it's currently uh, Magnus is two points up. There's six games left. Nepo would need to win four out of the next six to win. It's just not going to happen. So it's been very exciting since I recorded this. I just thought I should point out, in case any of you are chess fans, that yes, I know that it all went as I predicted. Somebody would make a blunder and then uh, Magnus went in for the kill, proving that he is truly the greatest of all time. It sounds like that book we, we talked about last year, the, um, what was it? Uh, Winning is not losing, something like that. I remember that. What was that Oh, one? yeah, you, you, you put me onto it. Um, it was about, uh, I think it had examples of tennis players. You just keep the ball in play. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think chess was part of it. Uh, but it was basically saying that um, it, it, it was called something like winning is a game of not losing. Yeah, and that's what it was saying. It was saying, you know, don't take outlandish risks at whatever you do. Just just mm-hmm. um, stick to the process, keep the ball in play, and eventually your opponent will get tired or make a mistake. Yeah. And in our case, our opponent is the rest of the market. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and if they're not, if they don't have a process and they're listening to noise and they're right. just as emotional as the market, they're going to make the mistake. I, you know, I just think you know, we, we talk about aiming for a 19.5% average annual return. And, and it's, I think it's easy for those of us that are new to think, well, we need to earn that every year, that it's going to be 19.5% this year, 19.5% next year. And the sad reality is it would be lovely if it worked out that way, uh, but the sad reality is that's just not how it works, right? No. And I remember um, talking with Alex Hay going back a long time ago. We were in a box at the races as, as guests of someone, and uh, he said this was about, um, oh, it would have been early spring carnival, so probably August, September, he said, you know, someone rang me up yesterday, one of the fund managers I, I know, and he said, I'm up 20% this year. What do I do, Alex? It's, do I sell everything and, and just claim a 20% return for the year or do I keep going and run the risk of losing it? And uh, that's always stuck with me because who knows? 
you know, the number of times I've been halfway through the year and I've already made my 20%. Of course, it's a reason like it's the, you know, maybe 60-40 split for the second half of the year as to whether I lose money or make money, right? So you just yeah, right. you've got to keep going. You've got no idea yeah. what to do. Because yeah. if I don't, right, say I, say I sit on the 20% return halfway through the year, the share market might, might double in the second might half double. of the year. You missed out on yeah. it. It might go yeah. down 10% and you've, you know, yeah. you've, you're losing – well, you're losing, you're back to 10% for the year rather than 20%. So you just got to, you can't predict, you got to stay in. Got to stay in. Got to just play the cards every day, the cards that Correct. the market deals you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And just have that long-term view. It just reminds me of Buffett's Mr. Market story, which I think is Benjamin Graham's Mr. Market story, mm. But and he probably got it from someone before him. But this, like Mr. Market is bipolar. One day he's, and we've seen this like in the last week. I've been mm. laughing about it on our Facebook group. You know, one day all the market news is uh, up. Everyone, oh, COVID, uh, Omicron is, is not going to be bad. No mm. one worry about it. It's you know, the symptoms coming out of South Africa suggest that it's not very, uh, not as, not as, um, I don't know, dangerous as some of the other variants. It's all great. Market jumps by 60, 70 points for the day. The next day they come in and go, actually, uh, I don't know, it uh, could wreck havoc with the global economy. Market's down 60 points. Exactly. The next day it's uh, all over the place. It's like watching a tennis match. Like yeah. Yesterday I get up and the head of um, Pfizer or Moderna says, well, we don't think our vaccine's going to cope with Omicron. Market goes down. Get up today, yeah. the head of um, AstraZeneca comes on and says, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it probably will. We think it will. Market yeah. goes up. It's like, yeah, yeah. Know. It won't even give you blood clots this time. It's all going to be good. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's um, it's all over the place. But, you know, the, the good thing for us is just to remember that we can ignore the noise and just mm. just well, keep following the pattern. As Buffett says, we're buying, we're buying pieces of companies. And if uh, the price change, we still own that piece of a company. So that's the important thing to remember. I think it's mm. the price. It's the ver- it's the price that's rotating up and down or gyrating up and down. It's not the company. Mm. I mean, yeah, there'll be, if we own shares in Qantas at the moment, or if we own shares in airports, you know, Auckland Airport or whatever, yeah, they they'd be going down because of Omicron. But most of the shares we own, like mm. Santos, might we might have to, I might have to sell it because it's an oil company and there's. If the world market does shut down, there'll be less oil if you can't travel. Okay. But most of our stocks are you know, not going to have much, not going to be impacted much by um, Omicron or hmm. vaccines or whatever. So we are But the flip side to that is we're not going to sit and hold those shares if the price goes down. We Correct. are going to rule one them out. People can sit and hold on them and do a classic value investor mm-hmm. play if they want, hold on to them for five um, years and more. wait for them to come back. Buy more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Double down. And when it yeah. keeps dropping, <laughs> double down again. Buy more. <laughs> yeah. Just keep buying. Yeah, when it keeps dropping and you're broke, what do you do then? <laughs> Borrow money from you the mafia to buy more. You go onto TikTok and you say, oh, this, is, this shouldn't be happening. I know what the value of this company's worth. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah. But yeah. your strategy is, well, no, don't do that. Sell. Mm-hmm. Um, stop, stop loss, get mm-hmm. out and try and put your money into something that's not falling. Or even in the same company if it comes back up next week, if that's the yeah. next, thing on, next thing on the list to buy, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. don't have a problem with that. Like it might seem silly that you're having transaction costs and triggering CGT, and that's not great, but there have been cases where I've sold one thing and then a month later bought it back again. Mm. Uh, that's just the way the process works. Uh, you can't. But if it's a rule one happen. sell, 
if it's a real one sell, it's a capital gains loss for Correct. you. So yeah. you're you're just stacking up future capital yeah. gains losses that you can offset against your gains down the track. It's yeah. And look, it's, if you have if you have uh, twenty stocks in your portfolio and you have a few rule one cells, so you've lost ten percent on, I don't know, even even if you've lost ten percent on three or four, um, it's not it's not a big hit to your portfolio overall. Yeah, yeah. Each stock, if you've got twenty stocks, each stock's five percent of your portfolio. If it drops by ten percent, that's point five percent of your portfolio. Yeah. So if you if you if that happens to you five times, you're down two and a half percent. Assuming yeah. nothing else goes up or down. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. What else do you want to talk about? What else have you learned this year, Tony? Uh, oh, this year. Well, I think the, t- the two things that have really impressed me this year, one of the tools that our group have contributed, the, the Flipman model and, uh, and the Bredelator. So big shout out to those guys. It's um, When I think back to before I started QAV, it was a much more manual process that I was going through and, and if people go back and listen to some of the earlier podcasts, they'll hear that I, I talk about I get an update from Stock Doctor of all the companies that just reported. I, I sort of go through those by hand um, and, and uh, uh, look at look at their numbers, um, run a kind of manual screen on price to cash flow. Uh, and when I found something, I have to dump it into a spreadsheet or, uh, manually and then do the calculations on the checklist, all those things. It was just such a long, laborious process. Um, I had a few shortcuts. I used to run a, um, a kind of prototype QAV checklist filter in Stock Doctor. It was based on the acquirer's multiple, which was a kind of a proxy for our for our checklist. Um, but even then, we'd spit out a list of, you know, 100 stocks, and I'd have to go through each one by hand and and look at it. Didn't have the Flipman model back then. Didn't even have the model I developed for QAV in Excel back then. But things just evolved, and, and they're getting more automated and those two tools in particular have really made my life a lot easier, a lot quicker. Mm. Um, and I more golf time to go out and play golf. <laughs> uh, yeah, so real hats off to those two contributors. And I think the second point is that uh, the group is just such a great group. I mean, I, I love the Facebook group. It's just, it's people helping people and supporting people. It's, it, it almost should be taken out of Facebook and put somewhere else because it's so unlike the rest of Facebook or Twitter or <laughs> any of those things. No one's, no one's there going, ah, oh, sucked in, your rule one, sold that. Why'd you ever buy that for? I didn't buy it. It's, it's, no, it's the reverse. It's, it's just, you know, bad luck. Um, stick to the process. And that's yeah. and probably the third thing is that, um, you know, uh, thanks to the people who, who listen to the podcast who put their, their results um, out there for public display. It's just fantastic to hear people say, oh, I got 70% last year or, you know, 60%. There's some really fantastic mm. numbers that people told us they were getting over mm. the last 12 months, and, and thank you for sharing, but that's great. Yeah. No, it is. It's a, it's a group of really smart and nice people, so yeah. uh, it's uh, a pleasure. Uh, it's really nice to see. Yeah, and the dinners are great. We'll have to catch up with them again. Hopefully over December, January when I'm in Melbourne, but in any other places too. It'd be great to get over to Perth one day. Yeah. Adelaide. Well, I've promised everyone in WA that we will be over there as soon as we're allowed to. We'll be over there to do an event. Yeah. No, good. Um, I want to shout out your work. You've done a lot of great work this year oh, and it doesn't get recognised. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we, in the last week or so, um, people don't know, but we catch up. Um, 
usually on a Monday and talk about the, the prior work, the prior week and what we've been doing and what needs to be done and all the rest of it. And uh, you've just been working your ass off on, on QAV, uh, getting things organised behind the scenes, ans- helping people, answering questions, monitoring the Facebook group. Uh, it's really good. And I just want to say thanks for that. Thanks. Screwing stuff up, but hopefully not <laughs> getting it right more times than I screw stuff up. That's my model, 60%. That's my, yeah. that's my goal. Get things right 60% of the time. <laughs> but that's another learning, I think, since, um, you know, uh, when I started off on QAV, I was very tentative. It's like, oh, shit, I don't want to make a mistake in front of people. That'd be really terrible. But I realized, of course, that uh, mistakes are just part of the process and everyone makes mistakes and you learn mm. from them, but you move on. Mm. Recover and move on. Yeah. Despite yeah. rumors to the contrary, you and I are both human. Correct. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I'll add a couple of stuff in. Like my big lessons for the year, I mean, I've talked about this before a few months ago, I think maybe, but there was that switch that went off in my head at some point where I started to think about QAV as a game. Yeah. It's like a game of chess for me. It's like, okay, I have all of this data in front of me. I'm trying to, you know, find the the stocks that are going to outperform the other stocks that the market hasn't picked up on yet. And we're going to, I'm going to buy those for my portfolios. And I'm not going to get it right every time, but I'm going to weed out the ones that don't work and replace them with other ones. And some of those won't work, but some will and weed those out. And it's like, okay, you've put 10 in, you you put 20 in, take out, Mm -hmm. you know, five, put another five in, take out a couple of those, put it in it, take out a couple of those. But you just keep, and then some of those will fail and you replace them with this thing. But it's like, it's kind of this beautiful sort of shell game almost where you're just moving things around and you don't know which one the shell's under (laughs) until until, until it goes up. But it's this this discipline of being unemotional, treating it like a game. It's a problem to be solved. Mm. You know, it's like chess is. It's, um, It's a problem. Okay, I have a set of data here in chess. It's the pieces. And it's your opponent and what that you think they're going to do. They're, the opponent's like the market. Well, what do I think they're going to do? What, and I'm going to try and counter what they're doing and do my own thing. And, it, and you know, just trying to be unemotional about it, which is very hard in chess. But um, Really? I find it. Oh, yeah. For me, you get very, very emotional in a game of chess. Really? Normally. Oh, yeah. And normally you know, it's yourself. Right. Like you beat up yourself if you make mm. a mistake. You're like, oh. Why, why, why did I, you know, and, and I still do that with this, you know, I, <laughs> the, the big challenge in chess, for chess players will know this, like, um, is when you make a move too quickly mm-hmm. and you know you should have thought it through, but you just get emotional and you make a move and then you kick yourself a second later when you really, and I do that with QAV. I, I, I'll see something's gone below 10% and in Stock Doctor and I'll get an alert and I'll quickly go and sell it. And the minute after I hit the sell button, I'll go, oh, shit, I didn't check for dividends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. I did this the other day. I had to replace something. I rule one something, and I had to replace it, and I bought it. And, you know, I'm doing 50 other things yeah. right, at the same time. And I bought it, and then I was like, oh, shit, I didn't check it for a Josephine. It was PRU, Perseus. I was like, yeah, oh, my right. God, I didn't check it for a Josephine. I'm such an idiot. I checked it. Luckily, it wasn't a Josephine. But, you know, it's like – yeah. yeah. It's still those sorts of things where yeah. I, 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 I jump too quickly and I'm not – I need a checklist before I buy, before yeah. I sell, no, check that's right. these things, yeah. you know. And I think, I mean, that's hopefully where 
will end up over time is is getting a, the process automated. So, yeah, you know, it's just, okay, here's your alert, sell it. It's already calculated the dividend component of it. Mm. Here's, here's something to buy next. It's the highest on the list, but it's not a Josephine and the underlying commodities, all fine and all the rest of it, yeah. Even better, if we don't need to do anything, the software just does it. It's it funny. buys, it does yeah. the trading for oh, us. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it just does the trading. Yeah, right. We just lie on the beach, play golf, and uh, it just runs it in the background for us. Right, and the CCP hacks their way into the code and drains all the money out of our Hey, don't speak yeah. evil of Credit Corp. They've been my best investment <laughs> over the last year. They're up like 75% yeah, since Yeah, they are good, aren't they? I agree. Well, that's <laughs> the end of the free edition of QAV for this week. Uh, if you're brand new, I should point out that there's a free edition each week and a club edition. Club edition usually goes for an extra half hour to an extra hour as it did this week when we uh, talked more about the lessons from the year and answered some listener questions about whether or not you should stay fully invested during downturns and um, how to use calculated sentiment and and other stuff. Anyway, uh, listen, if you are brand new, I just want to point out a couple of things. Um, If you're interested in learning more about QAV and who Tony is and how the system works, then um, just go and listen to episode 301. Uh, just You can Google it. Google QAV301. You'll find a link to that. Or go to our website, qavpodcast.com.au. Look on the front page. It'll sort of talk about getting started and it'll lead you to those episodes. 301 is where we talk about Tony's background, how he developed QAV, why he developed QAV. And then episode 303 and episode 305, we sort of we do the introduction to the checklist and how it works in, in detail, like a walkthrough of it. Check those out. Um, and if you want to check out the premium stuff, the club edition and the checklist and the, the Bible and all the other stuff that we talk about, all the other resources that we have on our website, you'll see a link to signing up for a free trial get a free trial for a couple of weeks you can get access to all of that kind of stuff have a look and and see if you think it'd be a value to you and if not you can just keep listening to the free edition that comes out every week um i don't know that's about it we'll be back next week with a regular episode of qav talking about the market what's going on answering people's questions yada 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 until then stay safe good luck with your investing and uh talk to you soon ciao QAV Podcast is a production of Spacecraft Publishing Proprietary Limited, authorised representative of AFS cell 520442, AFS representative number 00129271818. Please don't make any investment decisions based solely on listening to this podcast. This is presented as general advice only, not personal financial advice. We don't know your personal financial circumstances. Please see a financial planner before making any investing decisions.